Hi, I'm Gar Sanders. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm Lee Holdsworth. I'm James Courtney. We're the Forex Angels, and you're listening to the VA Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host, Craig Revell. The wait is over, spring is here and the season of endurance is about to begin. In September, I will endure the 500. When is three months... Not three months. We look at that and more today as the red lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Finally, the wait is over. The cars will be returning to the track in one sleep's time. But will the weather hold out for the race? At the moment, it looks like it's showers all weekend. With drivers this year not being paired with their regular teammates, it's going to put an extra edge on the entire event. We look at that in detail in this week's roundtable discussion. Teams have been out there testing with David Brabham getting some valuable laps in the Irwin Tools car. But all he wants to do is talk about the Gold Coast event. I think it's going to be the world's greatest touring car race, to be honest. It's going to be a fantastic event. Um, everyone's talking about it. Uh, all my friends that uh, race overseas, they want to get in on it. Alex Davison spoke about why he wanted David Brabham in the car with him for the Enduros. We knew it would, would be solid. We knew it would be safe that he would bring the car home. And, of course, he's going to be fast. Spare a thought for Jason Richards this weekend, who is about to attempt his third LNH 500. His previous two attempts have been thwarted when his co-driver has DNF'd before he even got a turn at the wheel. Jason Bright, Richard's teammate, Red Jones Racing, was the pole sitter last year at Brightech. His team driver, Carl Reinler, last year, is now the number one and is happy to be getting back into the car at last week's testing up at Winton. His co-driver, David Wall, was able to get in some laps and the team conducted some aerodynamic testing, balance changes, geometry changes pit stop and driver changes they also did a few race start simulations marcus sakanovic will drive with greg murphy motorsport completing the lineup for this weekend's lnh 500 well that's of course pending greg murphy's recovery at castrol racing he'll be given till friday to prove his fitness do you want to ride around Phillip Island this weekend? Well, LNH have donated one of their corporate rides with Ford Performance Racing to help raise money for Canteen. You can go to eBay to place your bid. Just put LNH and FPR Hotlap into the search engine. Lee Holsworth has talked about his decision to stay with Gary Rogers Motorsport in this edition of V8X Magazine. Holsworth now believes with the changes to the team, Richard Halloway coming on board as his engineer, he will start to finish off the season with some more top results starting at this weekend's LNH 500. You can find out the reason why he stayed at Fujitsu Racing in V8X Magazine. Whilst on V8X magazine, Martin Whitaker has told the V8X that the car of the future is the best chance of attracting new manufacturers to the sport. 
He has responded to Dick Johnson's claims that the car of the future is a futile exercise which will cost teams more money and little benefit. V8 Supercars Australia told the V8 Insiders recently that there are up to seven manufacturers currently looking at future involvement because of the Car of the Future project. The first round of tenders for the Car of the Future are coming to a close with four of the six that are already open closing next Monday on the 6th of September. These include for the chassis, the air jack system, for the suspension and steering, a collapsible steering column assembly, inside the driver's cockpit, the pedal box has been put up for tender, along with the fire extinguisher system. The two other tenders that don't close till Monday the 13th of September are for the rear differential and for the electronics and electrics package. The tenders that are yet to be released include wheel and tyres, cooling systems, fuel systems, aerodynamic and bodyworks and engine components. The tenderers that are already on offer are asked to supply five years with prototypes for some of the components being required as soon as November 1st. The fire extinguisher system is a contract only for three years because V8 supercars can't guarantee what the FIA rules will be. It means that they want to be able to adjust these critical systems as quickly as possible. And finally, there's been no wildcard applications received by the nominated three-month deadline for the Sydney Telstra 500. However, V8 Supercars Australia have told the V8 insiders that the three-month time period was largely a guideline and it doesn't stop V8 Supercars accepting entries closer to the event if they are worthy. And that's the news on the V8 Insiders. After the break, Richard Crail and Neville Wilkinson will be along. It's a feisty conversation. I hope you'll stay with us. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au or V8X Magazine. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Hi, I'm Jason Richards. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining us this week is the editor-in-chief of V8X Magazine, it's Neville Wilkinson. Good evening, Neville. Good evening, Craig. Glad to be here. And also joining us from SBS's Speed Week, Richard Crail. Craig, Nev, g'day. G'day. Great weekend for uh, motorsport fans after a ridiculously long break for the people who follow V8 supercars. It is back in action. And uh, I guess for a lot of people, Richard, they got their taste buds well and truly uh, satisfied getting into this weekend with a big weekend of uh, muscle cars. Yeah, muscle car masters at Eastern Creek last weekend, guys. Uh fantastic weekend i was fortunate enough to be there calling the uh, the touring car masters uh, action which was as good as always uh, but a couple of v8 supercar co-drivers um were there on track jason richards was having a bit of a run in 
Paul Stubbers, uh, Bathurst winning A9X uh, Tirana. Uh, Glenn Seaton was there in the uh, Group A BMW M3 that he ran last year. So a couple of guys uh, getting their eyes in, a couple floating around the paddock as well. Stevie Richards was up there supporting his old man running in the touring car matches on Father's Day. So that was a, a nice touch and a couple of others floating around as well. So great weekend and, yeah, really got the juices flowing ahead of this weekend at Phillip Island. Mm. And Neville, this weekend at Phillip Island is going to be an interesting one because weather is going to be a very big factor in what we're going to experience. Well, I think it's usually always a big factor. Um, which year did uh, the uh, BAC car put itself on its lid? That was last year from memory? That was last year. We all remember it got wet then and cars were going off everywhere. I don't actually see it any different. In fact, the weather this year in Melbourne has been all over the place, lots of rain, and I can't imagine that at least one day Mm. um, um, it's going to have some rain in it somewhere, especially at Phillip Island. So um, I I think all teams, if they don't come with a strategy for wet, which is, well, when it rains, try and get the best tyres on, right? Um, then, yeah, then they're kidding themselves because I just think that rain is going to be a big part. It is going to be a big part, and uh, it's also going to be interesting because now we don't have two regular drivers in the car no matter what condition it's in. And we can remember back to two years ago where Mark Scaife was out there with Garth Tander sitting in that re- wet car with dry tyres and he was just, you know, hanging on for his dear life, dropping places left, right and centre, and uh, was eventually Garth was able to get it back up to first. Now, Mark Scaife is the most experienced driver in, v- in V8 supercars, and certainly in the history of V8 supercars. Richard and Neville, how is it going to go when we've got these fellas that have driven... 30 laps in practice and we get a rain shower and these guys are on dry weather tyres. Well, Craig Lowndes will be right. He's got Mark Scaife driving with him. Exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> so, and that's... Oh, sorry. Uh, that's, that's the thing. Scaife drive was phenomenal because he kept it on the track. I mean, most mm. people will either go off at some stage. The trick is, when you haven't got the right tyres on, at least keep it still on the track. And um, I think that's why... Um, HRT were again able to capitalise on the problems that uh, Team Vodafone were facing at the end of the race last year, and it made a really great finish. I mean, who who would complain about that? So, yeah, keep it on the track when it's wet, even if you've got the wrong tyres on, because you can always come in for the right tyres. And that's uh, critical, isn't it? How often we've seen people spearing off the track when it just gets a bit of a drizzle. That's right. Yeah, and it's, it's going to be interesting for those teams this year that have got the... I guess, quote-unquote, gun co-drivers this year. I mean, guys like Steve Owen, uh, so Triple Eight are looking great, HRT are looking great. Uh, you know, Luke Gilden's in there at Full Performance Racing, so, you know, he's got many, many miles. Warren Luff in car routine with, um, with James Courtney. What a great combination. You know, Warren's got so many miles in V8 supercars. Dave Bernard, we saw, did a, a really good job last year, and even combinations like Jason Barguana and Glenn Seaton in the Rock Commodore, for example, at Kelly Racing, I think that combination's potentially stronger than either of the two Jack Daniels cars out of that operation. So there are a couple of real key standout teams. You know, they said they um, they did this whole endurance co-driver, no regular drivers pairing up thing um, to sort of make the Enduros a little bit more open, which I personally didn't think needed to happen anyway. But I still think you've got that core group of probably 8 to 12 cars 
that are going to be the ones to watch for the weekend, and everyone else will be trying to get themselves into the 10. So, you know, it's going to be interesting. I tell you what, that co-driver's race on Saturday is going to be something to behold, though. Well, that's going to be fantastic. But is that? But are they still running the rule this year that they have to nominate which drivers drive in which race, and no one knows what each team's doing until they actually nominate, if you know what I mean. And then because yeah. it could mix up co-drivers with main game drivers. If it's going to it's still going to do that, that could be quite interesting too. Mm. And be very interesting. And a lot of the focus in the build-up to this race has not been on the qualifying races, Richard. So I'm glad you brought it up because I really wanted to speak about it. Last year, you'll remember, Rick and Todd Kelly won the uh, heat number 17, but you'll find, I think from memory, it was Toddler that got the win. Behind him was uh, Wing Cup and Lowndes and uh, Garth Tander and Will Davison. Then you had four performance having a rare victory in uh, at any part during an endurance round last year with Paul Crookshank racing right there in second place. And, of course, Fabian Coulthard drove the wheels off it in what was perhaps a slightly uh, softer field, but he still managed to get up there. And, of course, uh, Jason Bright, who's always quick when it comes to the uh, big endurance end of the season, he finished third in that qualifying race. The qualifying races are just going to be tantalising because... You need to get up the front, and if if the weather's dodgy and you've got two different races, what happens if the co-drivers race? It's wet, and it's going to make it even more exciting. Well, the thing is, the, one of the big points here is with the co-drivers, the way the rules are now, you know that the number one driver is going to do the lion's share the driving, and it's more so at Bathurst, but it will happen at Phillip Island, right? The co-driver is going to do the minimum laps. And then they're going to bring him in and put the uh, put the main game driver in. The, the teams that are going to come out the best, especially with weather where there's rain and 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 and, it, and the dynamic uh, and the strategies of the race change all the time, is the driver combinations that have the flexibility to say, okay, well let's let's put Mark Scaife and and, Mark, and Craig Lowndes together, right? Mm. Which we are, which are. They have the flexibility to say, Mark, you've got to stay in for the next stint because it works for you to stay in for the next stint or yep. half a stint or whatever. It's the teams that they've got a co-driver that's there just as a stopgap to, to do the minimum amount that they have to do and then get the, get the driver, the main game driver back in. They're the ones that could find themselves in trouble because they don't have the flexibility to be able to play out some of their strategies. Yeah, I agree completely. And- and, and that goes back to my point before, where you look at some of these combinations and there are, are a couple of those that completely fill that criteria. And if, like, I mean, look at HRT with Tanner and McConville. You'd have complete faith in double-stinting a Cam McConville if you needed to um, because he's got the miles in a V8 right up to this year to know how they react uh, to handle weather changes and things like that. Whereas if you go to, for example, I don't know, I'm looking... Jason Bright was mentioned. Uh, he's got Matt Halliday in the car. Now, Matt's an accomplished driver, knows his stuff, but hasn't had many miles in a V8. So, you know, you'd be less inclined to do that and you might be more restricted in what you can do from Trading Post Racing's perspective for, for Jason. So there are a couple of teams, I completely agree with you, that have got a, a really good uh, good advantage in a way to uh, to work their strategies and work how they run 500Ks at Phillip Island and indeed at Bathurst. And I really want to see this race and Bathurst I want them to suck it up and drive the race and have the 30, 30 uh, the 29 championship drivers all in their own cars, all doing it themselves. I, I want it 
this race particularly, but also the uh, Bath. You guys? Well, so you're saying Bathurst should be just a single driver affair? Bloody oath. Well, I know they did in the past, but I just, I just don't think that's going to happen nowadays. I mean, yeah. very rarely does anybody do a thousand k's by themselves anymore in a race. Not even in NASCAR. I mean, they don't even that long the races in NASCAR. They do six hundred miles, which is but, less than a thousand k's. Yeah, but it's still not a thousand k's. And this is the thing. Uh, sorry, um, six hundred miles is more than a thousand k's. Six hundred miles is more than a thousand k's. Yeah, five hundred, five hundred no, miles. Thousand k's. Five hundred miles is like nine hundred kilometres. It's not nine hundred and sixty. I've just worked it out. Yeah. <laughs> 960Ks, yeah, but I, I think NASCAR to V8 supercar is a bit like chalk and cheese, unless they're on a road course. So, I mean, the, the physical demands on an oval race are completely different to a Bathurst 1000. So, I don't think you'd want to put a driver like that through a thousand Ks at Mount Panorama, which is a pretty physical race. Yeah. Phillip Island, maybe. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I think the two driver thing adds too much to the sport to. Um, to not do it and, and you get that enduro feel it's sort of just part and parcel now of enduro racing is that having a co-driver throws another variable at the race so uh, yeah, well, I, I, think I think we've got enough long tough one driver races that look at Clipsal 500 for example for, for these guys to deal with what two 250 stints a day apart Come on. What, are you oh, trying yeah, to talk us out of it? We're just giving our opinion, fella. What, yeah, the thing is, Clipsal's the toughest race in the year, Craig, in 40-degree, 50-degree car temps in the middle of the concrete canyon. And, uh, you know, I think that's... Yeah, we've had drivers being pulled out of that from their cars due to heat exhaustion in the past. So uh, I think that's a, a tough enough challenge. I don't think they need to do Phillip Island and Bathurst on their own. We can argue about thing, it. We can argue thing. about it during the break. Uh, we'll be Craig, back. Stop flogging <laughs> a dead horse. I'll tell you why another thing, mate. There's... We need to take a break. No. Take a break and we'll be back with more of the V8 Insiders in just a few moments. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Craig Lance from Team Vodafone, and you're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders, and I'm sorry to be interrupting you whilst I was talking there, Neville. <laughs> I just wanted to say that having the co-driver thing with Bathurst and Phillip Island, Bathurst is no... Well, we, we call it an endurance race. Right, but the fact is, it's a sprint race now, and that's what we like about Bathurst. It's slap bang, shoot them out. You know, it's not it's not drivers staying out there and fatigue taking over. I mean, that does happen. It's the same with Phillip Island. It's an extended sprint race, and that's what we love about it. We love sprint races in Australia. And so, I'm going to do my best independent federal politician here, where I'm completely changing sides, and I'm getting on board. Um, I'm getting aboard uh, Richard's idea here, but if we're going to have uh, the lesser lights are teaming up, then is it taking the gloss off? No, well, yes yes and no. I mean, we, we'd all love for there to be 29 cars with a Craig Lowndes and a Mark Scaife behind the wheel, but that's impossible. Um, I, I think what it does is give a lot of guys out there an opportunity to do a good job and to also to earn a living from this sport. I mean, remember, there's probably only 40 professional full-time racing car drivers in the country. So, 
you know, a, a V8 teams, and that was one of the arguments against this whole concept when it came out, was that it was going to drive the driver's market up. So great from a driver's perspective um, that they can come in and, and earn a pretty decent wage for doing the two races because the good drivers are going to get paid well. But, I mean, if you're a guy like... Um, I'll pull someone out of random here looking at this entry list. Let, let's say Michael Petruzzi. He's teaming up with Dean Fiore. Petruzzi's been out of the spotlight for 12 months. Name gets forgotten. Um, this is his opportunity to team up with Dean in Triple F Racing Falcon. If they get a couple of really solid top six or eight or ten results in these two races, all of a sudden his name's back in the spotlight. People remember he can do the job and he might be in role for a, a gig either next year or in the future. And, you know, guys like David Wall with with Carl Reinler, um, who else, David Russell with Johnny Webb, you know, guys like that get an opportunity to stand up and be counted and get themselves exposed against guys like Mark Scaife and Cam McConville as, as co-drivers. So I, I think it's a good thing in a way. Mm. Well, I, I like it that it's... it's I don't think it's uh, good or bad. It's different. And, and mm. people don't like change, right? So when we change something in the sport, it's... We kind of someone's always going to arc up about it because they just don't like change. But I think I think uh, I think having the um, the qualifying races at uh, Phillip Island was kind of the first time that had even been done for V8 supercars. It's only been going for one year, but it's accepted and it's and we can figure it out. We can work it out. It's not overcomplicated. So sure, we go on. This is not right. I remember last year saying, "Oh, I'm not too sure about this," but we're fine with it now. And I think that's that's the thing. You know, it's a change. Um, they're probably going to stick with that change if it works. They're probably going to stick with that change, and it'll be the norm uh, over the next couple of years. Mm. And I think if you want to talk about qualifying, I'm going to give you a plug here, Nev, because Larco's column in the latest V8X magazine is just absolutely fantastic. He talks about qualifying, and how would you do qualifying if you had a blank sheet of paper and who in the hell came up with putting the fastest guy at the front of the field so he can drive away from him? I, yeah, I thought I'd, it was a fantastic article. I would, I'd, I'd adhere to the sprint car one where you draw the names out of a hat. They're your starting positions. You have a few short, short ra- uh, races, you know, yep. five or six lap races, and people pass each other, and you get points for passing, and you get points for winning, and all this kind of stuff. And then you have a few of those, and then they add all the points together, and it goes, oh, this person... This person's got the most votes. Okay, that's when you start from the front. Yep. And, and, and I just think that's just a lot more exciting because is it motorsport? Well, yes, it is. But is it racing or is it just going around the track? We want to see racing. We want to see people passing each other. So if, we, if by that definition that we want to see people passing each other, maybe the fastest guy should be at the back. From a purist point of view, though, my... It's, it should be at the front. <laughs> yeah, but my... my Calling racing and uh, the the best part of motor racing I've ever called was qualifying uh, for the champ cars on the Gold Coast two or three years ago when Will Power got pole. Checkered flag was out. He was on a lap. His tents were up. Tension, you could cut the atmosphere with a cricket stump. It was unbelievable. And and you get those balls-to-the-wall qualifying sessions where you're watching racing cars and drivers at 12 tents, if not more, um, and, you know, I, I love that part of it. I completely and utterly agree that having fastest cars at the back is always going to make for better racing because they're going to work their way forward. Touring Car Masters have a reverse top eight for their second race, and it's always the best race of the weekend by far. And, and we saw the same thing at, um, at the weekend at Muscle Car Masters. So John Bauer started eighth and was second by the end of the first lap. Um, 
So, yeah, I, I think it, it, there are things that can be done to liven it up. I, I don't know if you'd do a complete inverse of the field. I've tried that before. Yeah, but, that was uh, one of the Canberra successes. I I thought it was fantastic too. No driver liked it. No, but they never like anything. Come no. on, no, that exactly. doesn't mean they know. No. Front, but uh, <laughs> when have they got to say about these things? We're the punters. <laughs> <laughs> it's team owners. It's team owners. If they bend too many cars up and it costs too much to fix them, that's yeah. the problem. Mm. I asked Richard Petty once, uh, would he like to see the NASCARs complete the whole uh, the whole array of motor racing skills and have the NASCARs do a, a dirt race? And he goes. He said, I'd love to see that. I don't know that I'd want to own a team or a car, but he said, I'd want to see that because I'm a fan and I love that sort of thing. Yeah. When are we going to see the V8s on the dirt? Yeah. <laughs> Never. <laughs> hey, but one of, the, one of the interesting things is we've got the car of the future coming and we've seen this real revival with the muscle cars and we started at the, uh, the first segment talking about the muscle car masters. Do you think with the, with the car of the future, guys... There's an opportunity to bring back that muscle car feel to V8 supercar racing, Nev? Well, I think I think there's a, the feel is obviously going to be the look. Um, sure, are the cars going to be a squirrely on the track? And um, by that, I mean they're going to be a bit all over the place, a bit of oversteer, understeer, all that. No, I just think the cars of... It's 2010, not 1950 um, or 1960. And so just the cars are more refined the cars are stronger they're more rigid there's a whole lot of things that to make them get the feel the feel of muscle cars well you'd have to obviously change the body shape and that's not going to happen um it's not like we're going to be racing mustangs and and um and, and that like from the states we're racing falcons and commodores so I just it's a great era. I think we should leave it to that era and the muscle car masters have something there. There is that magic there. I like watching them too. Um and I don't think uh, you know we can't bottle that. That's what that was what it was for that era. Now the era that we have now is just totally different, you know. Mm. Yeah, I completely agree. I think um NASCAR, NASCAR had a, a a real problem with that because they did go too far in making their cars look nothing like the road versions and they've addressed that a lot with the new nationwide car of the future and you know you look at that the dodge chargers that penske are running and they do look like a dodge charger more or less um and i think that's been a success but we don't have that issue here um you know they do look like a, a commodore and a falcon you know in the skin even if they don't under the body so the only thing i really want to change is a the cost factor which obviously they're addressing is b perhaps spice up the racing by um, you know, getting rid of some of the error and making the cars move around a little bit more. But I agree with you, Nev. I don't think we need to go back to that. There's a, a great place and a growing sort of fandom, I guess, for, for historic touring car racing and events like Muscle Car Masters. Let's, let's appreciate that and grow that. But we also need to you know, embrace what we've got as one of the best touring car categories in the world and a formula that's been successful more or less in the same spec since 1993. And, and that's a pretty good run, I reckon. So... Um, Something's obviously working. Right. And, and, and another another sidebar is, yes, the muscle cars and that is popular in Australia, but and, and I don't believe they're quite as popular as V8 supercars. They are very popular, and there's some people that might say they're, you know, they're getting as popular because some of their big events, but the V8 supercars are still the most popular form of motorsport in the country. Yep. right? And so I'm not saying V8 supercars is broken. It can always improve itself. 
but you're not you know why fix something that isn't broken if you know, if you know what i mean and um so yeah it, you still get the best drivers in the best cars blah 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 people <laughs> still going to watch them all right we what need to take a embrace craig what they could embrace all right is the way that they go about racing in historic touring car racing and touring car masters which is a complete open door policy now i know there's going to be limits but the access that fans get at events like Muscle Car Masters and use that as a benchmark, because I think it's one of the best, um, is outstanding, absolutely outstanding. Um, and I think there's probably a lot the V8 teams and, and indeed other series in Aussie motorsport could learn from that. But well, I, I, think I think that's probably the big thing. I think it's more relaxed because they're not racing for sheep stations like yeah, the, yeah. the car teams are. So they're not as so intense at the track. Because we know some drivers can be right mongrels <laughs> yeah. at the tracks. So they're so focused. Hey, we need to take a break here. We'll have to do guess and go on the white flag lap. This is the V8 Insiders. Find out more about your favourite supercar teams and drivers when we go inside further on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. As uh, Neville Wilkinson, the editor-in-chief of V8X Magazine, new edition on sale now with Lee Holsworth on the cover. Gee, a very different man in red gracing your cover there. Uh, yes, Lethal, we got him on there, and um, he's our main feature. Um, we're pretty happy about this issue because uh, it's our 10th, 10th year anniversary. We're exactly 10 years old. Uh, and it just so happens it falls on a Bathurst preview issue, uh, so we're pretty we're pretty pumped up about it. Um, and one one feature in there that's getting a lot of press, whether it's everybody has their opinion, is who is V8 Supercar's greatest driver, and it's where we ask all our journo's and some of our photographers to list uh, to consider who's the greatest driver from 1993 onwards. So the only prerequisite they had to drive a V8 Supercar, and you can only consider their career from 1993 onwards. Um, and OK, it's a couple of years before V8 Supercars was, uh, came on board, but it was when the Ford versus Holden battle began, uh, began um, um, there. So, yeah, and it's getting a bit of, <laughs> it's getting a bit of coverage. Yep. And <laughs> Everybody has their opinion. <laughs> It is the uh, it is the truth. Gas it is the truth. Gas and Go is brought to you by the Forex Gold V8 Supercar Survey. It's online now, and it's your chance to have your say on how you think V8 supercars should be run, and your chance to give some feedback. The V8 Forex Gold V8 Supercar Survey is online now. You can check out the links at the Forex Gold V8 Supercar website. Or you can even follow the links at v8x.com.au and the V8 Supercars website on Big Pond. This is Gas and Go. Three minutes. The questions, well, perhaps you've seen them if you've done the survey, but I'm going to throw a few extra ones in there as well. Neville Wilkinson, should we see more overseas rounds in the V8 Supercar calendar? Uh, yes. Agreed, yes. We've already uh, seen that the cost of V8 supercars is too high. Do you think the car of the future is the answer, Richard? Um, I hope so. Too early to tell. Neville? 
I see it as one of the pieces, a very significant piece. It's probably most of the puzzle. There are other things, but uh, yes, I, I think it's, I think it's, it's, it goes a long way to answering it. Do you think that uh, modifying the cars to get them so that drivers have more control than the engineers is a good thing? I would say, yeah, because I'm always after drivers. I, I like, I follow drivers, not teams, if you, so, if you know what I mean, or makes. So, yeah, I want to see the drivers out there. I want to see the best drivers um, passing or whatever. Yeah, so definitely. Yeah, I agree. I think more needs to be given to the drivers to let them do their job and um, the cars need to be made harder to drive so the good drivers are the ones that are always at the front of the field and they're the ones you want to watch racing nice and close and hard. So, yeah, agreed. Do you think the qualifying is right for V8 supercars, Richard? Uh, Gee, that's the million-dollar question, isn't it? Look, I I don't mind the elimination format they've got. Um, I don't have an alternative at the moment, so I'd probably have to say at the moment it's it's a pretty good thing. Um, Yeah, look, I'd like to see the top ten shootout restricted only to Bathurst because I think that's um, a bit of history there, but um, I think it's uh, it's pretty good. Yeah, I agree. Um, I love the qualifying format, especially Sunday's 20-minute shootout, um, so to speak. I... I like the, the three-tiered or the two-tiered now of uh, qualifying. I'm not a fan of the top ten shootout. I'd rather the ten cars going out and go on blow for blow again. Yep. Even if they give them, even if they give them a, uh, if you qualify in the top ten, you get a, a, a spare set of tyres or one set of tyres from Dunlop that are returned straight yep. after. Let them go for it. But other than that, I think I think they're pretty close to qualifying. I'll, I like qualifying. And finally, should Sandown return to a 500 format? Yes, I think it should. Whether it actually happens, I don't think so because Phillip Island's now taken its place. But to me, traditionally, it was always Sandown before Bathurst. So, oh, yeah, I'd be happy if it went back to that. But I'm saying uh, 500, even if it's in November or at the end of the year. Yeah, they might get the chance to do your single driver long enduro format. <laughs> 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 but um, I wouldn't complain if it was. Richard. No, neither would I. I'd like to see it back towards as the, the warm-up to Bathurst. I, I'd, as much as all what V8 Supercars are doing is great, I still think they need to keep an eye, one eye on history, and that's the way it's been for a very, very long time. It was always a great warm-up, a really tough race. I'd like to see it back in September as a lead to Bathurst. Let's move Phillip Island maybe a little bit further, uh, either at the start of the year or a little bit after Bathurst as another major endurance race and build that up as its own event. Mm. I, As a side note to that, though, I would say... What they're doing with Sandown this year is making it a heritage round, and they, it looks like they'll do that every year. I think that's a great thing, given its own personality. Agreed, yep. agreed. And I think a heritage great. round with a 500-kilometre race would be fantastic. That's Craig's ultimate, isn't it? That is. And that's Gas and Go. Some of those questions you'll find on the 4X Gold V8 Supercar Survey. The other ones should be there. Neville Wilkinson from V8X Magazine, thanks very much for your time. No worries, Craig. And Richard, what's coming up on Speedway? All sorts of stuff. A couple of weeks' time, we've got Shannon's Nationals, uh, Formula 3 and Porsches from uh, Eastern Creek, which is coming up this weekend on track. So uh, plenty of action soon to come. Thanks very much for your time. And that's it for another week on the V8 Insiders. As the chequered flag waves over this edition of the V8 Insiders, keep smiling and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.